Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. The desires of the flesh are still there. They're still there. You, you can't walk around acting as if like there's no sinful desires at war within you because there are. There are. Now, the battle is not giving in to those things. And as we'll see in a second, you have the greatest, you have the greatest team in the world on your side to help you to not give in to the sinful desires. God the Father, God the Son, who's Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. But there's a war. There's a war happening. When you come to Christ, He frees you from the oppression of sin and its judgment. But sin doesn't stop existing in your life. The remnants will burrow deep, and they won't be easy to remove. Oftentimes, they're subtle, and you might be ignorant of their existence. Other times, they're very obvious, but they just won't let go. As Pastor James will encourage us in today's message, don't be discouraged. God sees you as pure in Christ, and He'll provide strength to flee from that sin as you determine to trust in Him. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Galatians chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Paul's writing this letter to people that he loves dearly. The believers there in the region of Galatia, all the churches that are represented there. He had this issue. He came in there, presented the gospel. These guys got saved. And then not too long after that, religious people came in and said, you know, look, essentially, and we, we know this, we've been walking through this for a while now, but they came in and said, Jesus is not enough. That's the bottom line. It's got to be Jesus plus this, and that gets you in good favor with God. And that's not true. That's not true at all. But they were, they were communicating this to, to these, this group of new believers, and they're all Gentiles. The believers here, they were all Gentiles, but the, the main thing they were getting sold on was circumcision. You have to be circumcised. You have to be circumcised. But that's not true. That's not true. Now, it is in the spiritual sense, your heart needs to be circumcised. Okay, that, that is absolutely true in the spiritual sense, but physically, bodily, it's not essential. It's not essential. So Paul's walking these guys through this thing of like, and it, it really is out of love that he's, he's kind of communicating to these believers. He's like, well, how, look how fast you've turned away. I mean, who's coming and bewitched you? Who's, who's deceiving you and leading you basically away from the grace of God? Now, we need to understand, especially as we go through this next part, he is still addressing believers, okay? He's still addressing believers. So as we go through this list of works of the flesh, that applies to believers. It applies to non-believers as well, but he is addressing the church, and he is addressing believers. And we know what it's like. When you enter into this battle, that's what it is. When you get saved, you are entering into warfare. There's no doubt about it. There's, a, there's an internal wrestling that happens within you that is new for everybody who gets saved in the Lord. You've never had this wrestling beforehand. There was never flesh versus spirit. It just wasn't there because it was just flesh. But now you've been in a relationship with Jesus, and now there's a war happening within inside you. 
So Paul's going to talk about that. He's going to address that. So just so you understand context-wise, look back at verse 13 of chapter 5. It says this, for you have been called. I'm reading out a New Living Translation. Uh, I may switch over to my, uh, my little ESV because that's where I did all my, I defined a lot of terms today. So, um, but New Living Translation primarily just to read it. Uh, it says, for we have been called or for you have been called to live in freedom. There you go. In Christ, you have been called to live in freedom. It is for freedom, as the beginning of this chapter would say, it's for freedom that you have been set free. Now continue in freedom. Don't, don't be a knucklehead and lock yourself back up in jail. Why would you do that? Don't put the shackles back on yourself. It doesn't make sense. You've been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Ah, oh, there's a caveat, right? Because some people love just, can we just stop at, like, let's just, let's just stop at that first part. You've been called to live in freedom. Sweet. Let me just fill in the blank on my own. No, no, no. That's not how it works. And too many people have lived their Christian life as if they can just fill in the blanks. You can't fill in the blanks. You can't. You don't get to fill in the blanks of what you're free to do, so to speak. Now, there are some freedoms, and we'll talk about this. You may disagree. You may agree. I'm not. It's fine. We can talk about this stuff. But the freedom you've been called into is not freedom to satisfy your flesh or your sinful nature is another way to say that. It says, but freedom to serve one another in love. You were liberated by Jesus, the greatest emancipation proclamation ever, to serve one another. Love the Lord your God with every aspect of your being and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what you've been released to do. That's what you've been set free to do. Not to be selfish, to be selfless, okay? Because we got no issues being selfish. We've always been selfish. That's just how we came into the world selfish, right? Like, that's just, that's, that's natural. No, we need supernatural, which is selflessness, okay? Only through the Spirit, only through the Holy Spirit empowering you. It goes on to say, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if instead of showing love among yourselves, you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. That's the warning. That's the warning for churches, right? Because we see this happen all the time. When we're not loving each other and when we're not loving our neighbors, destruction is soon behind. I mean, it's falling right behind us, okay? So here's where he jumps into this next part, this living, uh, living it out, walking it out. So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. This is Paul's uh, admonition to them. This is his beseeching of them, so to speak. I beg of you, essentially. Paul says, ESV says it this way, but I say, walk by the Spirit or live according to your new life in the Spirit, as the New Living Translation says. I appreciate both ways of saying that. that essentially, it's this. Walk is a uh, present imperative, meaning Keep on walking. Never stop walking. In what? In the Spirit. What in the world does that mean? What does that mean? How does that look? I'm so glad that the Bible helps us out with that. Because it's going to show us what it doesn't look like, which is helpful. But then it's going to show us what it actually does look like. So as you go through this portion of Scripture, and we're going to go through the works of the flesh. If you're like reading through this list 
And if you're honest with yourself and you're like, ooh, yikes, guilty, yikes, guilty, guilty, guilty. Oh man, Lord, I just think I'm disqualified. Let me, let me encourage you from the, the start. The Lord can make beautiful out of any mess you find yourself in. The Lord can turn beauty from ashes. The Lord knows how to take mistakes, blatant sinfulness. He can restore. He can redeem. He's that good. That's what he does. So I don't want you to go through this list and you're like, and maybe there's something that, maybe it's something you're struggling with and you're just like, ah, I just, I'm just going to shut off. I'm not going to listen. No, you have to keep listening to the rest, okay? You have to keep listening to the rest. But Paul is, he's, he's throwing us out there. He's like, look, I want you to, I want to encourage you, walk in the spirit, continually walk in the spirit. He goes on to say, uh, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature de- uh, craves or desires. You won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Because guess what, Christians? The, de- the desires of the flesh are still there. They're still there. You, you can't walk around acting as if like there's no sinful desires at war within you because there are. There are. Now, the battle is not giving in to those things. And as we'll see in a second, you have the greatest, you have the greatest team in the world on your side to help you to not give in to the sinful desires. It's God the Father, God the Son, who's Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. But there's a war There's a war happening. Verse 17, the old sinful nature loves to do evil. Oh, amen to that. We know that that's true. If you have any kind of past, you understand that's like, yeah, we kind of reveled in that type of stuff. There was a point in time, I think in maybe all of our lives, I'm not sure your history at all, but you kind of looked for it, right? I guess some of that may have been happening on our little island last night. People were looking for trouble, okay? Well, guess what? you're looking to satisfy the desires of your flesh, you're probably going to find opportunity. It says the the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just what the opposite of what the spirit wants to do. This is the battle. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. This is the battle. This is the battle. Paul talked about this in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 7 to be uh, specific. He says, listen, there's things I want to do that I don't do. There's things that I don't want to do, and I keep doing those things. Who's going to help me? What help is there for me? Well, you keep reading it to chapter 8, verse 1. He says, but praise be to Jesus, because he is our hope. The battle is real. The Bible doesn't ignore the battle. The Bible doesn't, I love that. The Lord is very, uh, very clear and very specific on the fact that there is a battle that's going to happen with inside of you. And your flesh is going to be at war within you to want to always go back. Wanting to always go back because it's created this beautiful little lie. This beautiful little lie that what was in the past was really good. Was really good. Those are fun times. See, our flesh and the enemy, I think, working together has this clever trick where they make us forget about all the difficulties that were accompanying those good times. It's it's the ultimate act of deception. And it gets Christians. Now, this is not a a trick for, for the unbeliever. This is purely for the believer because what the enemy wants from you and for myself 
is to live your life from your new life from beginning to end caught up in this notion of like, man, it was just, I remember the good old days, the sweet old days, right? And we used to do this stuff. We used to go and yeah, it was, it, we shouldn't have been doing it, but it was just really fun. Was it? If you could time travel back and really see what all was going on and be aware of actually all the hurt and the pain that was being caused, you'd have a different opinion. The enemy, alongside with the flesh, it just has this, this, this tremendous deception that it wants us to hold on to the past, and, but no, but the Lord's like, no, 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 I set you free. I've set you free. I want you to move forward. I want you to move forward because it's really hard to serve other people in genuine love if you're just so caught up in the past. You got to move forward. Heaven's your destination. That really is your citizenship. That's where you, that's where you belong. And we're getting from here to there, but on the way, the Lord is like, listen, I'm going to set you free so that you can love people, so that you can serve one another, so that you can communicate the gospel to people, so that, what? So that many more will join you on this beautiful pilgrimage to home, because this is not home. This is not. And if it is, it's a poor excuse for it. This is not heaven, but heaven's coming. So, the old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants, and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, and your choices are never free from this conflict. You know that. You're always going to be battling these things. Just as an example, you're considering, you're praying about doing something. You're like, has this happened to you? You're praying about it, and you're like, well, see, I don't know if that's me. Like, is that me? Or is that, is that the devil wanting me to do this thing? And he's just got this plan. He's going to trick me. And if I give into this thing, I'm going to find myself 10 years down the road and I bought into this lie, right? That, that happens to us. That's part of that battle. That's part of that inward struggle. It's always going to be there. It'll always be there. The, the fight's going to be there. It'll be there until the day you die, until the day you die. Never shift into neutral. Never think you can coast, even when you're on the, the last dying days, I'm going to tell you that that struggle is still going to be there. When you get to heaven, you can talk to such giants, as I would call them, as like a Billy Graham. Hey, Billy, did you still fight up until the day you died? Yeah. Hey, Ravi, did you, were you still fighting as you were laying in that bed and life was passing from you? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, because we're not free of this struggle, of this fight, until we're standing in the presence of Jesus. But here's the thing. You got to keep fighting. You have to keep fighting, not in your own strength. I, I say this a lot, and I need to bring that up, not in your own strength, because that's my problem. I fight, but it's most, most of the time, it's in my own strength, and I lose all the time. I lose all the time with, when it comes to that. The fight's there. It's constant. We're never free of this conflict, verse 18. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit or when you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're no longer subject to the law. You've been freed from the law, okay? So walking with the Spirit, and, and here's my uh, encouragement for all of us, especially we're going to go through this list, but even for this day in which we live, which is our, our world is, uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on anymore. I have no clue. 
Um, we we, we kind of go from one thing to the other. What I do know is there's a lot of confusion in our world. There's a lot of hurt in our world. Um, there's a lot of anger in our world. I would even say there's a lot of hatred within our world. There's a lot of that stuff. For Christians, can I please encourage you to approach this world with, with step one? Listen to Jesus. Please listen to the Holy Spirit, okay? You want to know how you can best be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem? It starts first and foremost with listening to Jesus, because there's a lot of voices that are going to be out there telling you you should do this and you should do that and all that. That's fine. Everybody's got the right to say whatever they want to say. But for the believer, it has to start with the vertical, you and the Lord, first and foremost. And there is nobody on this planet who can really show you the hurts that are truly out there better than Jesus. And let me tell you, they're really out there. And they've been out there for a long time. Jack knows you just had a really cool meeting with Pastor Aaron and, and a couple of the guys from GUM. Pain is still out there, guys. Whether you want to talk about racial conflict or whatever it is, hurt and all that, it's, it's still there. What I'm asking us as believers is this. Please see it through the eyes of Jesus. You want to be motivated to, because you don't know what to do, right? That's the thing. It's like, well, what do we do? Because everybody's telling, I'm, everything I'm doing is wrong. What am I supposed to do? You love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your heart, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? Be nice. Be respectful. Be kind. We're going to go through a whole list that talks about how you ought to be. I'm always saying, listen, develop relationships naturally. Naturally. Don't force relationships because then you're using somebody, and that's not okay. Open up your home. Open up your dinner table. Bring people from all kinds of different ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures to your dinner table. Share a meal with each other. Best way to knock down barriers. Just be real with people. But it has to start with like hearing from the Lord and seeing people the way that he sees people. That's my, that's my spiel, okay? That's, that, that's it. Um, but it all ties into this. I'm not getting off topic. It all ties into this. So let's go through these. Let's go through what walking in the Spirit does not look like, okay? Spirit will never lead you into these things, meaning this. He will never give you the green light when it comes to these things on this list that we're going to read through. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results, okay? Fruit. Let's talk about fruit, okay? Um, you can't manufacture fruit, right? You, something alive has to bear fruit. That's just how that works, okay? I don't know if our scientists have figured out how to create fruit. If they have, I don't want to eat it, okay? Because that just seems wrong, okay? I'd rather have it if it just comes off the tree or out of the ground, sweet, right? There we go. That's how a fruit is produced. Now, there's two types of fruit. There's good fruit and there's bad fruit. And if you're a Christian, people will know what you're about by how you live your life. And that's all right. Guess what? You need to get used to the fact that people have every right to look at your life and, and watch how you live. And they can question you about anything that they want to. And if you're offended by that, then you have something wrong with you. And it's called sin. And it's probably called, more specifically, pride. Because if somebody can't just walk up to you and say, like, hey, I didn't know Christians could do that. I just saw you flip off that guy 
that cut you off. Can Christians do that? Because I really want to do that. I was like, nah, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Why? Because that's not kind. That's not loving. You're hearing from somebody who's tempted on multiple times to show an unkind act to people as I'm like losing my brain, but that's not kind. That's not Christ-like. It's not. I didn't know Christians could do that. I didn't know... People are watching you, and they have every right to ask you any question that they want to. Because if you are a Christian, you are representing Jesus Christ, and people are looking, and they want to know. They want to know. But there are fruit that indicates that you are not walking with the Spirit. And here's the list. So here's the evil results. Sexual immorality. Oh, good. Let's start there. Okay, why not? Um, Actually, technically, in some transcripts, it starts with adultery. What is adultery? Adultery is stepping outside of your marriage to have sex with somebody else. I'm sorry, there's kids in the room. I'm going to try to keep it as PG as I can, but let's just be real. That's what it is. It's unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness. You have a commitment. You have a covenant with another individual, and it's stepping out on that. Here's the beauty of this. If that's happened, is that an unpardonable sin? No, it's not. No, it's not. Because we know what this is like within our world. The other thing is this. I don't want us to lose sight of it. What Jesus himself said about some of these sins. He says, hey, look, you've heard it say, you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. And the Pharisees that he's hearing, they're like, yeah, yeah, we heard that. We haven't done that. He's like, oh, but, but, um, but I say, if you look at another person with lust, then you are committing adultery. And they're like, whoa, hold on. Like, no, we want to keep this surface level, Jesus. We don't want to deal with the issues of the heart. We don't want to go deep. We want to keep this surface level because it makes us feel good that we haven't broken any, quote unquote, we haven't broken any of these laws. And Jesus is like, no, you're all guilty. You're all guilty. So bear that in mind as we go through this list. As you're like, you may be thinking like, well, at least I haven't done that one. Well, have you? Because I can check off guilty, guilty. Looked at anybody with lust? Oh, yeah, guilty. Yeah, that's, that's a struggle. Hey, guess what? For guys, visual creatures, that's a struggle. Let's be real. Let's be honest. But it's not something that you can't overcome. Let's also tell the truth, right? It's not something like some cop-out, like, well, God made me a visual creature. And I mean, it's just, I just got to do what I got to do, right? That's garbage. You're not, we're not relying on the Holy Spirit then, because this is a work of the flesh, not a work of the Spirit. But it's not unforgivable. It's not unredeemable. Goes on. So that, that one's there. It, that's a bonus because that was written in some manuscripts but left out of some other manuscripts, right? So that's fine. Um, sexual immorality. Let's talk about this one. The, Greek, the technical word term there is pornea. We're automatically with the issue within our world. The pornea, we know it, pornography. Where do you get that? It comes from this term, sexual immorality. It's fornication. This is illicit sexual relationships outside of marriage, not even married. And some of this may be like, well, this is like, out, it's not outdated, because let me tell you this, culturally, this was a problem in Galatia. This was a problem for these guys. In Roman, the Roman civilization, they, they valued marriage, and they even valued it this much. You can have your one wife, then you can have your best friend, who, you know, it's cool if she, you know, you're a dude and it's of the opposite sex. I would never recommend that, by the way. Never have your best friend as somebody who's not your spouse or somebody who's from the opposite sex. Not smart. Not smart at all. You can have friends, 
who are, if you're a dude, you can have friends who are females, but they should never be your best friend if she's not your wife, period. You are treading a very dangerous line. That's all we have time for today on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has more to share from this study in the book of Galatians, so be sure to join him next time. Just because our time with you is over for today, though, it doesn't mean that you have to stop studying God's Word. We encourage you to pick up your own Bible and dive in wherever God leads you. Each page you read will be life-giving and reveal new things about your Creator. If you ever have any questions or would like to request prayer, please connect with us. You can visit breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. We have a form there that you can fill out and submit, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We love hearing from our listeners. Are you in the Galveston area? If so, come join us to worship and study the Bible. Calvary Galveston meets each Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And you can get all the information you need at breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the About tab. If you aren't in the area or you're just not able to be with us in person during this season, that's okay. We're streaming live on Facebook. Just search for Calvary Galveston, or you can head to our church webpage to connect. Before we officially close our time with you today, we'd like to invite you to be a part of what we're doing. Would you prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of Bread for the Broken financially? All amounts given are appreciated, and you can donate securely through our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for supporting us, and thanks for tuning in to Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, the one love that and give me.